Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I have the good fortune to be joined by Anish Dalal. He is the co-founder of Sapphire Apps Media, just selected for Forbes 30 Under 30. They are a marketing agency that creates content for brands to run on paid media. They've worked with Disney, Honey, Tally, Tencent, American Idol, Fun Plus, Viacom, and for the last year, TikTok. They've generated over a billion views on social media, so they've seen what's worked and what doesn't. Anish, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Our pleasure. Let's go back in time a little bit. How'd you get started? I think I've been doing the whole entrepreneur thing since I was about 16. Um, the first business I started was uh, selling used computers on eBay. And then, you know, one thing led to another. Um, but where I got started with my latest business was uh, I was doing consult a consulting internship. Um, and my job was to look into the app space. And then I got super interested into apps, um, noticed an opportunity there, um, hired my first like overseas developer. And then, um, yeah, made my first app. I got into like the top 50. And then from there, uh, companies started reaching out to me in terms of, you know, how do we market our app? And that's kind of how the current business started. Awesome. And then how did you go from that, you know, to where you are now? Yeah, so I was making apps for the App Store. Um, and then I actually met my business partner um, around 2016. And then at that time, I was just making like apps for myself, uh, like figuring out which apps can do well in the app store and then just getting made, made by my overseas team. And then companies started reaching out to me saying like, hey, like we see your apps are doing really well. Um, could you help us market ours? And then that's kind of how, you know, Sapphire started. We started helping app companies help acquire users in the app store. And then that kind of, you know, led us to today where we don't only help app companies, you know, we help, uh, you know, a whole series of companies acquire customers. And then, um, you know, we, we, kind of, we kind of did that. And then we came to the point what we're doing exactly right now is we saw the reason we were so good at acquiring customers wasn't because, you know, we were amazing at, you know, Facebook ads or Instagram ads is because we were making great content. And so that's where we're at now. We make content for all these companies uh, and they take our content and they run paid media on it. And we make content that converts and that's the current iteration of our business. All right, so that is awesome. And if you're the longer version of that story should probably be in a book somewhere. 
So what were, just as an example, what were some of the types of apps you were building when it was purely app focused? Sure. So it was super strategic. So an example is I, one of the first apps I had made was called Clash of Clans Cheats. So basically what that was, Clash of Clans was super popular. Yep, uh, I, I, I played at one point. <laughs> yep. Yep. So I was like, you know, I was playing, I was like, hey, you know, be cool to like figure out how to do this faster and, you know, go through it faster. And then I realized in the app store, no one was like really doing like SEO for the app store. So you know, it's called ASO app store optimization. And so what I did with that first app was I hired like the influencer on YouTube, who was like really good at making, you know, defeating all the levels to make a bunch of videos for me and kind of like make a guide on how to beat the game. So just like how a game, you know, a guide would exist for, you know, Call of Duty or something that you buy in a store, but I made it into an app. And the cool thing was, you know, when you search Clash of Clans, the first thing that would come up was Clash of Clans. The second app that would come up was mine. So then wow. I started doing that for all the apps. And, um, and, you know, then I made this whole game guide library and then started funneling all the traffic into one central app. But that was basically the goal. I was looking at keyword search demand and looking where competition was weak and then catering what I made to demand instead of being like, you know, I want to make the next social network or something like that. So over the course of that, ended up building 500 apps and yeah, the portfolio was, um, yeah, grew to a substantial amount. Wow. So that is absolutely incredible. I love that you worked backwards, found out what people wanted, figured out a way that gave it to them for places that had a built-in audience that you could piggyback off of. Phenomenal business model, obviously incredibly successful at it. So how does that lead to, so you have apps that are crushing it in the app store. How does that lead to, let's say, a Disney or a TikTok reaching out and saying, hey, please help us? Because that's a huge leap. Yeah, absolutely. So what was happening was I was getting all these apps and, you know, let's like, I was actually really good at just marketing the app. So I would take mediocre apps and I was getting them ranked in the top 10 and whatnot. These startups started uh, emailing me. You know, these were startups that had raised a few million dollars and they're like, hey, like, we've spent all this money, but your, you know, mediocre app is in the top 10. You know, how do we do that? Um, so then these, uh, my, my first clients were startups. So they started hiring me to help do like ASO optimization, just optimizing the app store where a lot of people would, you know, a lot of people had great apps, but they wouldn't do like the fundamental things around them at that time. Cause nobody was really paying attention to it, um, to make them do well. Cause at that time you can get a lot of organic traffic. So it started with startups and then the client list just started getting bigger and bigger. Um, so I remember it was startups, then it got into even more heavily funded startups. And then our first big name client, think was Foot Locker, um, where like, it was a recognizable name. And then it like Guest Jeans was another um, early client. And then, yeah, it kind of just went from one to another. And uh, yeah, we started picking up Disney, Viacom, TikTok. TikTok also opened us up to a bunch of the Chinese brands um, entering the U.S. That's kind of, uh, yeah, it just, it was just dominoes. That is fascinating and fantastic. What are you create? You've got over a billion views. So what are some of the most common mistakes content creators make when trying to make something that catches on? Um, talk a little bit about that. What are, what are we doing wrong? And, and the part that like, I focus on is like super short ads that you'll see on Instagram and uh, Facebook. So, you know, my advice will be towards that. The things that sometimes that I see what's done wrong is people will try to make too much of a story happen. They'll try to think of, you know, what's the story behind this piece of content, like have a story flow to it. In these short form pieces of content, the first goal is to get the attention of the consumer. 
and you know you're, you're scrolling like crazy you're seeing a lot of things in your feed one you definitely need to stick out so like the first two seconds are very important which is a hook and we try we're always innovating on different types of hooks you know right now we're utilizing like TikTok trends as hooks and things and whatnot for our clients um so i would say first is definitely the hook and then it's actually to present the product uh, so they know what it's about but the key mistake i just see is people trying to make these you know ads into like stories which is great, uh, maybe in a YouTube format, but you know, not on uh, you know a Facebook or Instagram ad per se. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, I'm with you there. What do you think it is about what you've done that's caused all of the, the content to catch on so much? Okay, so the key thing we do is reiterating as fast as possible. So when a client approaches us, you know, um, we don't make them like two pieces of content or three pieces of content. We're literally making hundreds of, hundreds of pieces of content. Our content historically is not very, you know, it doesn't look like perf like high-end, um, you know, photography content. It's more of the content that, you know, it looks like it's shot from your iPhone. It's very UGC. Half the times our customers can't even tell our ads are ads because, you know, it, it just blends so well into the Instagram story feed or into the Facebook feed. So I think what's helped our content catch on so fast is we consistently push out a volume of content based on the latest trends. And our teams are always trying to reiterate on like different types of content, different types of concepts, different types of storyboards. And at the end of the day, I think to see what works in this business is just having a high volume of content and then really being data driven in terms of what is working. Because when we make content, we're just looking, we're strictly looking at the numbers for our clients to see, hey, can we reduce your cost per acquisition? Can we reduce your cost per install? Um, and that's your key goal. What does it look like for brands to work with you now? How does that work? What does your business model look like today now that you're not necessarily creating, you know, two, three, four apps a day? Yeah, absolutely. So the cool thing with the whole app part of our business, and then as we became like user acquisition focused, you know, performance has always been like the backbone of like the business and we carry that into content. So historically, when we entered this business, what was happening was, somebody would sell a piece of content to a client and be like, here's an ad, pay me $10,000 for it. And then, you know, the client would pay, it'd be a very nice ad, they run, it would perform or it wouldn't perform. So what we do now is we say, hey, we don't want to get paid unless our stuff works. So we give our client a bucket of content. So let's say we give them like 10 to 20 pieces of content. And we say, hey, run this content. We'll only take a fee on whatever money you spend on our content. So there's a fixed fee that we take on the money that they spend on our content. So a client won't spend money on a piece of content if it's not working. So the only things we're getting paid for is what's working. Granted, we do have minimums and things like that, but um, uh, our whole goal is it's performance through content. Um, we only take fees on you know things that are working. So that's how we're trying to like turn the whole business around uh, or the whole industry around in terms of selling content for performance. That is, yeah, an absolutely incredible model and obviously puts your money where your mouth is because you're not really getting paid unless it, what, what you're worth unless it works. What do you like best about what you're doing now? Um, my favorite thing about what we're doing now is just the ability to actually be like, our business is super data-driven, but the ability just to be creative, right? Um, when we come up with ads, it's like, it's so much fun. Well, when we're doing brainstorms as a team, it's so much fun just coming up with the randomest ideas. Um, a random idea even might be like the phone, you know, 
the camera is facing the sidewalk and it's shaking the customer, you know, the user's like, what is happening? And then you swing it back to focus on whatever the piece of content is. So we're always doing testing. We're always coming up with the craziest ideas. And the cool thing is we can test all of it because, you know, our clients are looking for performance and we can test all the craziest ideas. And I think that's like the funnest part about the business is just the ability to be like creative, come up with ads. You know, even if I'm like walking down the street or I pick up a phone, I'm just like, how can this be an ad? And that's like the thing that's always going through my head. And it's, and it's like so much fun just to come up with cool, like new creative ad ideas. And then we have products internally that we can just test on um, that are owned. So, you know, there's no client restrictions or limitations. Um, and then if it works, we'll, you know, show them to our clients be like, hey, you know, these concepts are working if you would like them in your next bet. What, what was the most, what, I mean, you've created so much content. What was the most surprising to you where you thought there's no way this is going to work and it worked beyond your wildest expectation? Yeah, the, the, it was actually at the very start of when we went all in on content. Um, I think, so we, we were working for, um, it, was a, it was a SaaS company um, that needed content. Uh, the other agency that they were working with was a you know, very well-known uh, global agency. I think they had paid like a half a million dollars for the 30 second ad. Uh, we had made a 15 second ad, which, you know, they paid marginal amounts for because it was based on performance. Our 15 second ad, uh, you know, just it, it was a few thousand bucks. Uh, it completely blew out the half a million dollar ad. And that was the coolest thing I've ever seen. It's just in the beginning when our team had made these quick pieces of content, but, you know, they looked very authentic uh, to the customer that, you know, we were out competing half a million dollar ads and $700,000 ads. So that was pretty cool. That is awesome. Who's an ideal client for you now? The ideal client for us is um, any company that's spending, you know, over $100,000 a month, you know, on any of the major social platforms that goes through a lot of content and doesn't want to manage that. Because our whole goal is like, hey, you focus on selling your product, you know, we'll focus on giving you, uh, you know, a large amount of content that eventually will reduce your CPA. Awesome. What else do you want to share that I didn't think to ask you? I think a lot of times like people will ask like, oh, how'd you guys arrive to this conclusion of you just wanted to be focused on content? I think it's a very uh, interesting one. It was like, as we were doing the performance marketing and as time goes forward, we saw that, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, the AIs are getting so smart and so strong that, you know, you no longer have to like open the hood inside of Facebook ads and like tweak everything. The real only variable that is left in terms of ads is the content. You want to let Facebook or Instagram do its thing and then you plug in content to make it work. So that's actually like how we arrived to that conclusion as we were first doing the performance marketing and whatnot. So yeah, so that, that, that's one question I get asked a lot in terms of how we got to that conclusion. For our folks yeah. who are watching and list or listening and want to learn more about Sapphire and what you guys do, where is the best place for us to send them? Um, you guys could definitely check out our uh, website. It's called www.sapphireapps.com and also www.sapphirestudios.com. You know, if anyone ever wants to get a hold of me, you can just find me on LinkedIn or, um, you know, Instagram, it's fine too. I'm at it's Anish D on Instagram and then just my name on Anish Dalal on LinkedIn, so. Awesome, well, this has been Seth Green for Sharkpreneur with Anish Dalal of Sapphire Studios and Sapphire Apps. Anish, fascinating interview. You built something incredible. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. Absolutely, thank you so much. Thanks everybody for watching or listening. We'll see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. 
He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.